Hello and welcome to Transverse News, your weekly trans and LGBT news and commentary show from the Transverse Network. I'm your host, Emily. Let's jump into our first story. Flyers blaming Jewish Americans for the, quote, rise in transgenderism have started appearing in multiple Atlanta neighborhoods. Fox 5 Atlanta reported on April 23rd that the Homeland Security Unit of the Atlanta Police Department were investigating the anti-Semitic and transphobic flyers after residents expressed concern and outrage after finding the flyers on their doorsteps. The flyers carry the branding of the Goyam Defense League, an anti-Semitic white supremacist group with leaders in Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, New York, South Carolina, and Texas. According to WBR in Boston, the GDL has recently focused their efforts in Florida, but incidents have occurred with frequency around the country with Kanye West being involved due to several anti-Semitic comments he made publicly. The Flyers allege that six Jewish community leaders are key conspirators behind what it falsely claims is a 4,000% explosion of kids identifying as transgender, as well as many other common wildly erroneous anti-trans dog whistles, including that the first doctor known to specifically study transgender people was the person that pioneered transgenderism. Dr. Hirschfeld is then listed along with leaders of transgender and LGBT rights organizations as the people pushing the transgender idea. In response, the Atlanta police are on heightened alert for incidents of harassment and violence. Residents receiving the flyers are suggested to call the non-emergency line of their local police department. A group of Nazis have been protesting drag events in Ohio promising, quote, there will be blood. Wearing red shirts, black ski masks, and carrying large black flags emblazoned with swastikas, the group threw up Nazi salutes, shouted Zig Heil, and chanted their trademark, There Will Be Blood, outside of a drag event in Columbus, Ohio on April 29th. The event, held at a brewery in Columbus, was a benefit for a local youth center. This particular group of Nazi hate mongers is called Blood Tribe and is organized by brazen skinhead Christopher Polhouse, who strutted in front of the group proudly showing his face and leading the hateful chants. He led this same group at a protest outside a drag story hour in March, where the group followed the same playbook and carried their large There Will Be Blood banner. The Columbus Dispatch reported that at least two people were arrested outside of the March 29th event. On Monday, April 24th, Fannie Willis told the press that this summer she would announce whether the state of Georgia would join New York in indicting Donald Trump and his cronies for crimes related to election interference in 2020. In a letter to local law enforcement, Willis laid out the plan for the announcement and asked that they be ready with, quote, heightened security and preparedness because the official announcement, quote, may provoke significant public reaction. While the letter doesn't specifically name Trump, many close to the matter say that there is substantial likelihood that Trump and his key co-conspirators in the big lie about election fraud will be the targets of the indictment. Though Trump has called for and predicted mass demonstrations in response to the charges in New York, nothing of any significance has materialized, but based on past events like the January 6th assault on the Capitol, precautions like this are necessary. Advance warning, this next piece contains a great deal of editorial. Kansas has passed a broad bathroom bill banning people from using bathrooms not congruent with the gender assigned to them at birth. One key issue people point out is that this bill defines a woman as someone who can produce ova, thus excluding women born without developed internal reproductive organs and, as per usual with bigoted anti-trans bills, there's absolutely no recognition built in for intersex people. Remember the person we talked about before who was assigned male at birth, then later identified as a trans woman, began to medically transition, then began to ovulate because they were actually intersex and had female reproductive organs? This negates their existence entirely. 
bills like this are so terribly discriminatory and horribly flawed because they can't ban people assigned one gender at birth from using the other gender's bathroom. You never need to show ID or a birth certificate to get into a bathroom. What these bills do is they only ban people who appear to not match the gender of that bathroom. So women with masculine features and men with feminine features and anyone wearing androgynous clothing or hairstyles will bear the brunt of this bill regardless of birth gender. The only thing this bill accomplishes is discrimination against women who don't meet societal femininity standards as well as increased transphobia. It does nothing to make people safer. LGBTQ Nation is reporting that the head of the Texas Department of Agriculture, the TDA, Sid Miller, has issued a memo to the department instructing all employees to dress, quote, in a manner consistent with their biological gender. The new dress code policy would not only target transgender people, it could also be used to punish anyone who wears gender-neutral clothing. Miller's two-page memo states that in order to, quote, reflect the culture, dignity, and professionalism of the TDA, all employees are expected to comply with this dress code in a manner consistent with their biological gender, unquote. When it comes to enforcement, the memo states that any staff member not meeting these standards, quote, will be subject to corrective action and may be asked to leave the premises to change their clothing, unquote. Brian Klosterbohr, an attorney with the American Civil Liberties Union, said the policy violates federal free speech and non-discrimination protections. An employee told the observer that they feared the rule would be, quote, selectively enforced against people who are most visibly trans or gender nonconforming. Next, we move on to a segment about Zoe Zephyr, the transgender representative in Montana who was barred from the Montana House floor on April 26th. Hundreds of people showed up Friday in March to show their support for Zoe Zephyr, the transgender Montana representative that was silenced and then banned from the floor of the Montana House after she told her colleagues they had blood on their hands for the anti-trans attack bills they'd been passing. In her speech during the censure hearing on April 26th, Zephyr said that she wasn't speaking hyperbolically and that she had heard firsthand accounts from her constituents of suicide attempts as a direct result of the bills Republicans have voted through. Still, her pleas for an end to the senseless attacks on the trans community fell on deaf ears, and the vote split on party lines with 68 Republicans in favor and 32 Democrats opposed, forcing Zephyr out of the chambers. In response to this, Queer Joy Missoula organized a march and rally in protest of the anti-democratic injustice in the Montana legislature. Protesters marched along a mile-long path, chanting Let Her Speak and Trans Lives Matter on their way to Karis Park. Zephyr took the stage at the rally to massive applause and spoke about the need to hold legislators accountable. She said there's nothing more pure or fundamental to the country than holding the powerful accountable when they do wrongs. Seven people were arrested for their protest of the Republican silencing of Zephyr from the Montana House balcony. When Matt Rieger refused to let Zephyr speak during a hearing about a bill restricting the rights of trans people, the crowd began to loudly chant, Let her speak, and whose house? Our house, to disrupt the session. A GoFundMe was started to help them post bail, but since they have all been released, those funds will now be used to cover their legal fees. The saga of trying to keep Zephyr silent has gone even deeper recently as Montana Republican citizens have taken to occupying the benches outside of the legislative chambers so that Zoe has no place to work. Since Republican lawmakers voted to remove her from the House floor, she's been relegated to working from the benches in the hallway to cast her votes and represent her constituents. That amount of silencing wasn't enough for some citizens who took to staging sit-ins occupying the benches outside the chambers so that Zoe has no comfortable place to sit at all. 
This forced her to work while standing at the lunch counter. Once word of this got out, the story went viral on social media, resulting in the formation of the Blue Bench Brigade, a group of Democrats who are staging their own bench occupations to ensure that Zoe has a place to sit and work, as well as supportive voices there beside her. And finally, Zephyr has filed a lawsuit against the Montana legislature, asking the court to allow her to return to work in the House chamber. The lawsuit alleges that her Missoula constituents are being denied their right to adequate representation by House Speaker Matt Rieger and Sergeant-at-Arms Bradley Murphitt. Her attorneys hoped for a quick ruling on their request for a temporary restraining order against Rieger and Murphitt. Emily Flower, a spokesperson for the Attorney General whose office is charged with defending the case, called the lawsuit, quote, political activism masquerading as a lawsuit, and said that court interference in the censure ruling would be a breach of separation of powers between the two branches of government. Unfortunately, District Court Judge Mike Meenahan agreed with the Attorney General's office that the matter was outside his authority. He declined to overrule the decision to exclude Zephyr from the House floor, citing the importance of preserving the Constitution's separation of powers between the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. TikTok star and influencer Lauren Schaefer Roscoe came out guns blazing in defense of her cisgender sister, Lindsay, after someone posted an anti-trans comment misgendering the androgynous presenting sibling. The commenter had rejected the fact that Lauren called her sister her in one post, saying, quote, I'm sorry, did you say her? That's a him. Lauren then went off in a two-minute and 13-second rant, calling out the absurdity of the ridiculous standards facing women in our country. The TikToker is a partner with her sister in a clothing line whose focus is androgynous clothing themed around resilience during and after a fight with cancer. The two were inspired to start the line after the positive response they got from their style and from Lindsay's strength in the tough battle she faced against her cancer. Lauren describes how every ounce of femininity was ripped away from Lindsay by the cancer that resulted in her losing her hair and undergoing a double mastectomy as well as a hysterectomy. Roscoe comments that, quote, If anyone on this earth feels like a genderless alien, it's her, and despite that, she's still proud to be a woman. She ends the rant asking the commenter, Quote, do you feel better? Do you love yourself more after spending the day commenting stuff like this? She then says that she feels great about herself and loves sticking up for people and especially being a protective big sister to Lindsay. The Twitter account for the lesbian dating app Her has, was blah, blah, blah. the Twitter account for the lesbian dating app Her was temporarily suspended after droves of transphobic users reported the account during di- Lesbian Day of Visibility on April 24th. The app's Twitter account had come out guns blazing on the day, calling out bigotry against trans people, resulting in the backlash. But the fine folks at Her were only getting started. They posted on their blog in celebration of Lesbian Visibility Day about how they were reclaiming the term lesbian from, quote, the clutches of turfs and bigots who tried to hijack it to fuel their transphobia and hatred. They then took the opportunity to send out a push notification within the app saying, Quote, a message for transphobes. Time to delete her. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. While this message is new, the sentiment is not. CEO Robin Exton told Pink News that, quote, her has always been a platform that is for trans women, for non-binary people, and anyone who identifies as a woman. In a case that could have far-reaching implications in the battle for transgender rights, The Biden administration's Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against Tennessee over the state's new gender-affirming care ban. The lawsuit alleges that SB1 violates trans people's equal protection rights. In a statement, U.S. Attorney General Kristen Clark said, 
quote, no person should be denied access to necessary medical care just because of their transgender status. The right to consider your health and medically approved treatment options with your family and doctors is a right that everyone should have, including transgender children, who are especially vulnerable to serious risks of depression, anxiety, and suicide. The bill was signed into law in March and is set to take effect in July. It bans all forms of gender-affirming care, including puberty blockers, if they are administered to a trans person and will force transgender youth to detransition by March of 2024. The lawsuit argues that comments made by Tennessee legislators during the bill's debate, quote, reflecting moral disapproval or disbelief of youth who identify as transgender, unquote, prove that the bill was based on the lawmakers' personal prejudices against transgender people and not scientific or medical evidence. This would be a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment because it doesn't ban certain procedures or medications, it only bans them for a certain class of people. The summary of the suit is that SB1 was created with discriminatory intent, targets a group of people defined by sex and gender status, and does not seek to achieve any legitimate state goal. Last weekend, 18-year-old non-binary student B. Hayes, who goes by they-he pronouns, posted a photo on Instagram outside the venue where their high school, Nashville Christian School, was hosting their prom, holding a sign that read, They wouldn't let me in because I'm in a suit. Hayes said in the post that they have attended Nashville Christian School for 13 years and made the key point that, quote, I should not have to conform to femininity to attend my senior prom, finishing with a note to the school saying, Who are you to tell us what it means to be a woman? The post got celebrity attention, garnering encouraging responses from fashion personality Jenna Lyons, former bachelorette Caitlin Bristow, and country singer Marin Morris. Morris commented, quote, I love wearing suits and you look amazing. What is your school going to do come graduation day when the boys have to wear cap and gowns? After news of the incident got out, Marcy Allen Van Mole stepped up in support and offered to throw a prom for Hayes and 25 of their friends. Van Mole and her husband Derek own the A.B. Hillsborough Village live music venue and event space in Nashville. It just really upset me that this child was not allowed to attend their prom because they weren't wearing a dress. It is that simple of an issue and it's not okay, she said. Hayes told NPR that they appreciate the public support, but that they want the privacy to enjoy the rest of their senior year. They said, I would also like for this attention to shift towards those who have experienced similar situations, adding, you are not alone and there are people in this world who will stand with you. We reported previously that a cervical cancer screening ad campaign featuring a trans mask appearing model had been pulled in the UK due to anti-trans backlash. Well, I'm happy to report the campaign is back on and addresses that issue even stronger than before. The point of the campaign is that cervical cancer screening is crucial for everyone with a cervix. Trans, masculine, and non-binary people often forego the crucial preventative measure because of the embarrassment they feel in going to doctors who don't have compassion or understanding for their situation, as well as discomfort in being in the waiting room due to sexist stigma and anti-trans sentiment. The new ads feature the name of the Remove the Doubt campaign, which is an effort led by the LGBTQIA community to make sure all people with a cervix have access to and are comfortable getting the important test. According to Pink News, Live Through This is the UK's only specialist cancer charity for the LGBTQ community, and its dedicated NHS cervical cancer screening campaign, Remove the Doubt, addresses inequalities and misinformation around smear tests that impact LGBTQ plus people in the UK. CEO of Live Through This, Stuart O'Callaghan, said, quote, 
we put the community front and center in the campaign. It's about empowering people with tools so they know what they can ask for. for listening to this episode of Transverse News. Be sure to check out our other podcast, The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-discovery and acceptance. 